Well, we put up off the tambourine, so we're live now. Uh, we've had a little, we've had a little Jericho march this morning, and uh, anyway. All right, so First Kings eighteen, and guys, this may be the last week on this. You know, I always say that means nothing when I say that. Seriously, I mean literally, because we go where we go. Last week we talked a little bit about how after many days the word of the Lord came to Elijah in the third year saying, go present yourself to Ahab and I will send rain on the earth. And I, as I was looking at that last week, as I was looking at the week before, I keep reading that and I keep thinking, what, what kind of guts or faith, let's say a little bit of both, do you have to have after this amount of time irritating everyone in the country because it's not rained and it's your fault. Mm -hmm. Do we, do you think, and as I was thinking about this, do you think we try to figure out what's going on and find somebody to blame? Yeah. Is there a lot of problems out there? Mm -hmm. And it's, it couldn't be my fault. It couldn't be because I'm not following what the Bible says. And Jesus literally says, as I was praying with a prayer partner this week on the phone and it couldn't be the fact that Jesus said, hey, you guys love one another, and if you will love one another, they will know that I, being Jesus, came from the Father. They'll understand. They'll believe in me. They will know you're Christians by your bank account. Oh, no. They'll know you're Christians by your political leanings. Oh, no. They'll know you're Christians by your love. Wow. Wow, that stung a little bit when I was praying and he was talking and I guess I needed to hear it. That stung a little bit. Does anything ever get stung a little bit? It just stung. It didn't make me like, oh, I feel better. No. I thought, I need to pray. I've been preaching that for about 40 years, so I probably need to think about that. Okay. So, he had a message. The message was, hey, go tell him it's going to start raining again. Guess what? You have a message. There's not a person in here that doesn't have a message. I love school. I really did. I hated high school. I was the worst student. I was not the worst, but I was very close to the worst. Okay. I'll never forget that meeting that me and my dad had. I thought about it. I just made about an 1,800-mile loop. And... Uh, I say just, not, not last night, but this week's been about, I've been to South Arkansas twice, Texas, I've been back and forth. Anyway, but the point is this, my dad called me in late, well, I, I came home late every night, so he caught me when I was coming in, and he said, hey, we need to sit down, I'm thinking, oh, no, oh, no, J.O. is awake at like 1230, that's not good, and he said, was you planning on graduating high school? I go, well, yes, sir. I'm going to the Air Force. I've already, yeah, we're going to go down as soon as I turn 18. We're going to join. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He goes, well, there's a few things you need to do before you graduate. I thought, oh, I need to order my gown. Or I need to get my rang. Or I need, no, he said, no, you got to go to school. You got to take your tests and pass. And you might want to do some of your homework. 
because evidently he was the principal of a different school in the same district. Evidently he had been on the phone with some of my teachers. And I guess wondering if he's going to have to feed me another year. But anyway, but the point being is I said, I, I, it struck me and I was like, wow. So you mean I don't, at this rate, I'm not going to make it? Well, guys, I'm going to tell you something. Your salvation has been paid for by a price. We're not talking about whether you're saved or not. What we're talking about is what's going to happen in this world. And this guy had a message from God, and it was, hey, it's going to rain. That's the next thing that's happened. And I'm going to tell you, I have a message from the Lord. And guess what? His desire is that you love one another. The question is, what do we do with that message? Do we just kind of say, well, you know, listen, everything would be better if it wasn't for the beards in church. It's the beards that's messing people up. It's in long beards. Okay. It's in blue jeans. Back there on that, that side. It's in blue jeans. Okay. Uh, you know, there was a uh, message the other day somebody sent me for entertainment purposes that uh, they thought it was funny and they thought I needed to see it. And it was, I will go be very generic. But it was about how men go to the restroom. And evidently, um, he thought that that was part of the problem. Okay, so we'll keep going. Present yourself to Ahab, which is, it's going to be, it means that there's going to be some, not, let's not use the word fear, but there's going to be some trepidation. And guys, when you stand out, if you're at work, and everybody, and I've actually had to do this before, and people are um, saying this, and I don't mean they're cussing or whatever. I'm talking about they're, you know, demeaning someone else. And you have to say, you know what? Let's not do that. Let's, let's get along here so we can, you know, get, uh, get along to get along, ladies. And, but this, he had a message here, and he says, here's the deal. Go present yourself to Ahab. So he girded his loins, that's not in there, but he would pull up his britches and went on down the road and said, I'm going to do that. And we talked about Obadiah, uh, servant of God. We talked about that last week, but we're going to skip him. We're going to go straight to, to where it says this. We're down to uh, 17. And it happened when Ahab saw Elijah that Ahab said, is, is that you? You're the one that's troubling us. Now I want you to, let's go ahead and hit it right now because we're going to get there. That's what we're doing. That's what this country's doing. That's what the church is doing. Oh, I can tell you what's wrong. It's them people over there. Oh, look at there. It's them people over there. That's what it is, right? It's them, it's a, oh, no, it's that church. Yeah, if y'all would do what y'all are supposed to do, you know why we do that? That relieves us from the responsibility of doing what we're supposed to do. And I was praying about this. And I'm like, God, you know, that's never changed. Because it's human nature. You know? Um, Eve got over and got a bite of that apple. And then, you know, he got, Adam got a bite of that apple. The next thing he said, he says, this woman that you gave me, if it hadn't been for her, that would have never happened. I don't think he used that accent, but... You see, you see what I'm saying, right? We always want to blame somebody. And he says, oh, you finally showed up, you troubler. And here's the deal. As being a voice of God, 
Sometimes people will see you as the troubler. Okay? But watch this. And he answered, I've not troubled Israel, but you and your father's house that you have forsaken the commandments of the Lord and you have followed the Baals. Okay, now watch this. The law at that time was a picture. It was a picture of holiness. It was a picture of righteousness. And it also was protecting the seed that Jesus Christ was going to come from. When you read the Old Covenant into the New Covenant, always remember in the back of your mind the seed. When you read something, you go, what? They, he is, God is laying out the boundaries. He is laying out the way. It's, it's a picture of holiness, but it's also, which is handled, nobody's keeping it completely, okay? And there are, there are things that they stoned people for and were commanded to stone people for. That if I, you know, you're like, what? But it was a picture of, ho of the holiness, the righteousness, the wonder of God. But you know their sin was taken care of by a what? A sacrifice. Which was a picture of the lamb that was about to come. Their sin, they had to have the, the, the sacrificial system in place. It was, it was a picture of what was going to happen. But it's also protecting the seed that Jesus was going to come from. So, you've forsaken the commandments, but watch this. This is what we're going to hit hard on today, this second part of 18. And you have followed the Baals. There's all kinds of different ways pronounce that, but I call it Baal because that's the way where I'm from, that's what they call it. Okay. And I want you to imagine this picture in your mind. There is a term that's used over and over in the Old Covenant, the Old Testament, not by the, the, Christ, the Jews, okay, but they call it, and he put his son through the fire. How many times have y'all read that? about a king, okay? Baal, the idol of Baal had his arms out like this and he had a belly and in there, there was a fire and they would take infants and put in, in Baal's hands and roll their children to be burned to death as a sacrifice. I want you to think about that. What kind of God would ask you to burn your children to death? A demon. That's exactly what would do that. Okay. So watch this. These people are the nation of Israel has taken on this Baal worship. Okay. From the people around them. They have forsaken the commandments. They have... They're, they're in, and they're wondering why God's trying to get their attention. They're wondering why God's trying to get their attention. It's, it's, that, it's that Elijah guy. That's the problem. It's got to be. Because every time he shows up, something bad happens. Do we want to blame everybody else? Every other, every other you know. And I have, uh, one of, the bad thing about being a nerd, okay, 
is that what happens is, is you see something and it's like my mama said, she said, you, you're the second nosiest person I've ever known. No, her mother was. Mom was third. I had her beat. But there's, we're top three in the U.S., but two of us are dead, so it's okay. But do I? Yeah, I'm number one. I'm number one. Hey, I'm not. You know, it's good to be one at something, right? All right. So, so, so when I get, when I see something and I don't understand it or I don't understand it to the level I want to understand it or I don't, I, I'm like, Okay, and you know, a week later, I, I wake up and go, I get it. And uh, sometimes, and may or may not be totally accurate, but but watch this: you've forsaken the commandments and you followed the bells. Now, therefore, send and gather all of Israel to me. Think about this: you talking about a family reunion? Whoo! All of Israel. Now, I'm not saying that every breathing person, I'm sure there's people sick in bed, but, but a bunch, okay, a whole bunch of people. And the 50 prophets of Baal, and the 400 prophets of Ashroth, which Ashroth was the goddess that was like the girlfriend of Baal. Okay, it, they were, that. you heard the trees of Ashroth, they would, they would, they said, Bruce, why do you know all this? Well, because I had to study it, because I, I didn't understand it. So they would plant these trees, and they would do de detestable stuff. It, it, it goes, we won't get into all that, okay? But literally, it, he's like the girl. If you can imagine the, the male and the female God, and that's what, they're, that's what they're worshiping. So gather them and who eat at Jezebel's table. Jezebel was in leadership in that country, Okay? She was Ahab's wife. And my understanding is, is that she was actually from another country. I, I did not look that up again. But married into the family, brought this Baal worship, brought this Asherah, brought all this stuff. And I want to tell you something, guys. This is not about nationality at all. We have people we love. In fact, uh, Pastor Jeremiah, I need to look at my calendar. He's going to be here in the next couple of weeks. And we have people that are in Africa that, that we support and love. It's just not about nationality. It's about this demonic belief system that they were under. So Elijah sent for all the children of Israel and gathered the prophets together on Mount Carmel. Now, here's the deal, guys. I don't use, I don't call myself anything except a redneck. Okay. But the word prophet means voice. And when a person stands up and speaks the word through the word, whatever, that's he's speaking for God. God, and listen, if God, if you want to, I'll be quiet a minute if you want to say something. Okay, so far that's never happened. But out loud, I mean. Okay. Uh, so, but the, the, here, here's the deal, guys. Literally, um, these prophets were the ones that had been protected. Um, remember our guy Obadiah and that he had protected the prophets, okay? And had put them in caves while they were trying to kill them all. And Elijah told the people, I am alone and left a prophet of the Lord, but Baal's prophets are 450 men. Uh, but so he gathered uh, 
gathered these folks up. But Elijah asked them a question, and this is a famous question. Guys, this is so, it's been said so many times in so many different contexts. Contexts, But look what he says in verse 21. How long will you falter between two opinions? If the Lord God is God, follow him. If Baal is God, follow him. Can y'all hear that? And here's the deal. If you, if you literally, if you think about that, Jesus came many, many, many years later and said something like this. I'd rather that you be hot or cold. Don't be lukewarm. Because if you're lukewarm, you get spewed out of my mouth. And that's convicting, guys. Not condemning. It's convicting. Are we, have we become a lukewarm nation? This is not about, oh, you can't do this. You should do this. No. Remember the original thing I brought up was they will know we are Christians. How? By our love. So are we lukewarm in our love? Are we lukewarm in the taking care of each other? Are we lukewarm? Are we selfish? Are we a self-centered? You know, yes, we are. So anyway, that's the easy answer. But he's saying these things. He said, you need to do something. Then Elijah said to the people, I alone am left a prophet of the Lord, but Baal's prophets are 450 men. Now, there were some more prophets there, but I don't, know he, I don't know if he wasn't counting them or what. Therefore, let them give us two bulls and let them choose one bull for themselves, cut it in pieces, lay it on the wood and put no fire on it. I will prepare the other bull and lay it on the wood and put no fire under it. So they're going to have a contest. How many of y'all ever been to a contest? Give me an example. What's a contest? Basketball game? Yeah. You usually have two teams, okay? And you, what you do is usually have either shirts or skins, or uh, that's the way we used to play in high school, shirts and skins. Or, you know, you have a green shirt and a red shirt, you know, or whatever, so you can tell the difference, right? So you have two teams. Now, we have a guy who was a, a, a blue-eyed bulldog who was a very famous basketball player uh, back there on the back, just famous, a absolutely outrageous. Yeah. Um, his 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 initials are Toby Parton, but uh, yeah, there's still I think probably some blood in the gym where he was he fell around in there, but but anyway, but here's the deal, guys. He said we're gonna do we're gonna have competition. We're gonna literally have two things, and we're gonna see who's God. And I want to tell you. What is the, and as I was studying this, as I was looking at this, is that it's the way my brain works, it's rolling around in there. How do we judge whether something's of God? And a lot of times there's, we'll, we'll look at, you know, it wouldn't be hard for me to look at a Baal worship and say, you know, that, that ain't right. That ain't right. Okay. It wouldn't be hard for me to look at the, the worship of Ashroth is what, what they're doing. And it had led their demon worship, their actual demon worship had led the land to a place, watch this guys, a place of dryness 
a place of famine. Do y'all see that around you? Kind of a spiritual famine. Kind of a spiritual. We've never had this much information. We've never had. Guys, I was looking in a newspaper in a state nearby the other day, and their, their church page was this big. I'm not exaggerating. There was, they had, for an for a, a area of 10,000 people, they probably had 50 churches. You know, each one of them had a little thing, a little, you know, and I'm like, and there were like tw 10 of one denomination. I'm like, I, I looks like they get along, but okay, never mind. When you got the first, the second, the third, the fourth, the fifth, the sixth, the seventh, and the eighth. Anyway, think about it, guys. I mean, how do we judge, I mean, we've gone through the whole success thing where if you really follow Jesus, you're rich, okay? Uh, then there's, the, you know, uh, there's the, the, the looks thing. How do you look? 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 Are you rich? Are you, I mean, how do we judge ourselves? I'm not talking about looking at each other, okay? How do we judge ourselves? And what the Bible says is, fruit you know you can have a i can literally or y'all could i can't because i'm not very talented you could take paper mache or plastic or something and make some stuff that looks like it's a real apple tree i mean it's real and you'd never have to water it you'd never have to cut it you'd never have to trim it the leaves would never fall off of it it would be wonderful but there's just one problem no apples, would it? Would there ever be an apple that pops off of that unless you made it and put it on there and then slapped it off? Okay. And I, I can promise you, I have bit a wax apple. That's not a joke. I was a kid. Okay. It's been several years ago. Uh, and uh, do you think Kathleen threw that apple away? Oh, no. She kept it right up there with the teeth marks in it. Okay. My baby bit that 12 years ago. Yeah, it was probably dusty. But anyway, uh, not not when she, I was probably, never mind, okay, all right. So, but what he wanted to do, it, it, what we're going to do, we're not going to put any fire underneath it. Because normally on those sacrifices, okay, what you would do is you would bring your fire and you would set it on fire and you would offer that sacrifice to the Lord. Remember, Baal was a, idol and they rolled babies down into him you know all, all of this stuff but he said we're not going to build no fires now you hear this this is very convicting to me we're not going to build no fires we're not going to build a fire of look at us look at this look at it no we want the fire of power of God now, that's what he's saying. We want God to provide the fire. We're going to motivate people. If you bring six friends to church, you get six chances to win a bicycle. And, it, and it's a king and queen contest. And, okay, y'all weren't there for that. That was the 60s. But anyway, uh, I was never the king or the queen, by the way. But anyway, just, just to be, you know, full, dis full disclosure, guys. All joking aside, literally, I looked at this and I'm convicted. You know, everybody's going to our church here because we got a gym. 
and we can have got workouts. That's not true. We have a we have a building, but it, we have a walking track. So it's it's better to be this denomination because you can use their walking track. Okay. I mean, think about it. Think about how far that is from the New Testament church where they were meeting in houses and trying not to get carried off by, you know, religious zealots and and eating and sharing everything and loving each other. Think about how far we've come. It's now a, a business where look look at me, look at look, look at me, look at look at me. And instead of saying these words, something that means so much to me, guys, not my will, but your will be done. Instead, it's what's the best business plan to build this church? And I tell you, I want to tell you something. I think Elijah had the right idea. He looks at them first. He says, "Choose one bull for yourselves." In other words, this is not a this is not a joke. This is not a we're not trying to rip you off by giving you the smaller bull or the less combusted bull or you know whatever. You pick your bull, prepare it. And you're many and call on the name of God, but put no fire under it. So they took the bull, which was given to them. They prepared it and called on the name of Bell from morning till noon, saying, O Bell, hear us. But there was no voice and no one answered. And they leaped about on the altar, which they had made. So it was at noon that Elijah mocked them and said, Cry aloud, for if he's a God, either he is meditating or he's busy or he's on a journey. One uh, translation says he may be in the restroom. Uh, and prepare, he's sleeping, he must be awakened. So they cried aloud and cut themselves, as was their custom. I want you to think about this. They cut themselves. They began to walk around this thing, crying out to him, and cut themselves. How many of you know the epidemic that's going on right now? It's not a, it's not a, it's not a small thing, it's an epidemic that people have to be treated People have to be committed because they will cut themselves to pieces, cutting themselves to release the pain, cutting. And I'm not listening. Don't if you struggling with that. This is not condemnation on you. It is it is a it's like, you know, if you got fever, we don't say, oh, you got fever or something wrong. No, yeah, we just we didn't treat what that's a symptom of what's going on. And we have a nation that's cutting themselves. We have a nation that is that is. Listen, you have no idea the amount of suicide. We have people showing up to our office constantly at, at my other office and saying or calling in and saying, would you please go check on my friend? Would you please go check on my friend? Coming in and say, listen, my friend's been talking about this. They've been talking about that. Please go check on them because literally we have, they're talking about killing themselves. It's an epidemic. And they saying, I've got to have some help. I can't take it anymore. This is not worth it anymore. This is not worth it. And it's a spirit. And this spirit that they're going, going around trying to say, well, Baal's not answering me. And, and he's all I have. And, that's it. and as they're cutting themselves, think about that blood flowing. I don't, we don't have to do that. Do you know why we don't have to do that? Receive this. Receive this. The blood that needs to be spilled has been spilled. I will never forget I was hemmed up studying and praying. I mean, I was hemmed up. And guys, 
I'm looking at Abraham for the 3,000th time, okay, whatever. And I'm looking at him, and I'm, I, 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 I'm, I see him walking up that hill in my mind's eye. And he's got his son with him. And they're on, they're on Moriah, and they're up there, and, they're, and, and he, he, he's wanted this all his life. And he, he, said, his dad, he said, Dad, we got everything we need, but where's the, where's the ram? Where's the lamb? Where's the, what are we going to do? And he gets there, and he gets his knife back, and he's about ready to sacrifice his son in obedience to what God has called him to make that choice. And then there's a, wait, hey, you passed. Because God had to find someone who was willing to give a covenant son to him so he could give a covenant son to us. And it look, you look over in the corner and there is the ram, a male lamb hung in the bushes. The sacrifice was waiting. And that blood was shed and run into that ground. And hundreds of years later, the sacrifice was made of the lamb and the blood ran to the ground and paid the price. You don't have to cut yourself. He's paid the price. And as, they, as they're cutting themselves and they're, they're, they're desperate and they're calling, here is, here is, here is. There's no voice and no one answered. And they leaped about the altar. They keep jumping and hiring his noon. And Elijah mocked them and said, cry. He's either meditating. He's busy. He's on a journey. They keep, then they cut themselves, and when it was passed, they prophesied to the time of the offering, to the evening sacrifice, but there was no voice, no one answered, no one paid attention. And I said this the other day, and if you were here, good for you if you weren't, but either God's God or he ain't. You need to make up your mind. Is God God? God's God. And you say, well, if God's God, then why ain't this happening? It's because he is higher and lift it up. And you don't know what he's doing. There was a lot of times in my life when the kids were in their bedrooms and me and Ken was in there and we were making financial decisions. We were choosing, you know, we were deciding what we were going to do. And they might not have understood what we decided, but there was a reason we did what we did. Because the rent was due. You see what I'm saying? That it, we were thinking on a different level than popsicles, right? And that's what, that's a lot of times we're down in the popsicle range. Then Elijah said, the people come to me. So all the people came near to him and he repaired the altar of the Lord. Watch this. God is waiting for men and women that are willing to repair the altar of the Lord. And watch this. The altar of the Lord represents and was a place of worship. See, I've got a lot of friends. Seriously, I've got some friends. I saw some of them last night and yesterday, different states, and we've been on loop. And I love them, but I don't worship them. I don't worship them. It's good to see them, hug their neck, eat some, you know, fried squirrel or whatever. And, uh, but, uh, what do you call them? Tree lit or? Limb chickens or tree rats. Okay, yeah, we got all kind of names for squirrels. <laughs> don't run over squirrels, okay? Because I'm saving them for later. And Elijah took 12 stones and rebuilt. And that rebuilding is the rebuilding of worship, guys. And, and again, as we rebuild that worship, and, and I'm, not, I'm not talking about music. I love music. We play music. We sing music. We sing unto him. 
But watch this, guys. Worship means not my will, but your will be done. And we, we have a very comfortable Christianity. And uh, that's not what this was. And he took 12 stones. That 12 stones there, and we're, we're going to tie this up here in just a minute. But those 12 stones represent covenant. The 12 tribes of Israel. He has made a covenant. And this is, the covenant is pretty simple on the base level. It's got deep spiritual situation going on. But on the base level, it's pretty simple. Okay. But guys, watch this. What it means, a true covenant, a true blood covenant means everything that I made covenant with, the person that I made covenant with, it's all, everything I have is theirs and everything they have is mine. Follow, follow me. I'm just about done. Everything that they have is my, mine and everything that I have is theirs. There is no division. And, and that's what he said. He made, he made that blood covenant on the cross. And you say, oh, great. Now I can get my Mercedes. That's not what it's about. Okay. He is the stronger of the covenant. I guess that's not hard for you to figure out. Uh, but if you get one, I want to ride in it. But anyway. We'll throw, throw uh, bottles at signs. I've never done that out of Mercedes before. Okay. So the 12 stones stands for the covenant. According to the number of tribes, the son of Jacob and the word of the Lord comes in. Israel shall be your name. And remember, Jacob means deceiver. What does Israel mean? Prince with God. Okay. Some of us have been deceivers. We've deceived ourselves. We've deceived others. It literally, he says this, he says, be a prince with God. And those stones he built an altar, he poured water over the top of it, and he began to pray, and what happened? Somebody tell me. Fire came from heaven. So who's in charge? Is God in charge? Have you decided that? You need to decide that again today. Because I want to tell you, you look at the circumstances of this world, this country, your family, whatever's going on, your health, all those things, you say, well, how? No, God is in charge and he sent the fire and it, and he had poured water over the top to make sure that nobody thought it was any kind of fakery. You know, they got a bull full of gunpowder. They laid down there. You know, of course I'd never think of anything like that, but, uh, the bottom line is he sent the fire and it not only lapped up the sacrifice, it lapped up the water around it. And we're talking about a real fire. And what that caused them to do once it was consumed. And watch this. It caused them to put to death the evil first in them. And listen, don't leave here with a hatchet and start saying, we need to go down here and take care of these people. No, this is about the scalpel of the Holy Spirit on our lives. And guys, that's what the power of God is made for. It's not to be an exhibition for us to see things to happen. It's to, to convict and describe to us the holiness of God and that we see that. And the next thing that happened is it rained. And that stands for the prosperity. That stands for the breaking of the 
drought that was breaking that country at that time. And I think we're, we, have a, we have a love drought. I think we have a love drought. And I want to tell you, as we lay down our idols, I believe that that drought will end. And the rain of his love will come down and then we'll get wet and then we'll start hugging people and they'll get wet. Before long, we're all better. Father, thank you so much, Lord, for your grace and your mercy and your love. And Lord, I know these are real stories about real people. But Lord, they are pictures for us to learn about your nature and Lord, about what you require. And Lord, what you require is for us not to worship idols, but instead to worship you. So Lord, we give ourselves to you. We give this day to you, Lord. Thank you for this Sunday school class, Lord. Thank you for these people. They're so faithful, Lord, to come and hear your word. And Lord, let us apply it to our heart that we might not sin against you. In Christ's name I pray. Amen. Royalty came in while I was preaching. I couldn't stop. What you doing there, girl?